You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host Jake Painting, creator of the House and Growls Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and SB Nation. If you'd like to subscribe to House and Growls, please follow the link in the show notes, or head to houseandgrowls.substack.com, grab a free trial or a $3 per month subscription. But I also understand if right now you're not looking to subscribe to anything Timberwolves related. That would make perfect sense. Not because the Wolves are bad in general right now. They are still one of the best teams in the league since the calendar flipped to 2023. But because they were absolutely awful in this game that we're talking about here. Certainly as bad as they've been this season and honestly as bad as they've ever been. It doesn't really get much worse than this game. Of course, we are talking about their 146-112 loss to the Denver Nuggets. A night that will live long in the memory of Denver fans and one that we'd all like to erase from our memories as quickly as possible as Wolves fans. And there really wasn't too many storylines. I mean, most times I get on this podcast, I say there were plenty of storylines and there are lots of things to talk about. But really, this game, there wasn't that many things to talk about. The Wolves played the game of tug of war with the best team in the NBA for a few minutes, maybe. But then it was an open season slaughter after that. It was 49-19 to after one quarter and nothing but a procession after that. So what is there to talk about? I think it's reasonable to suggest that this game is a bit of a write-off. Not because it didn't matter. I mean, every game right now matters. And not because the Wolves had any major reasons why they should have been beaten down so badly. But because they were beaten down so badly, it's hard to really find anything that isn't a massive outlier. Funnily enough, it's almost the exact opposite of the previous Denver game where Minnesota beat the brakes off the Nuggets. But, and I talked about this a few weeks back, there is a running theme with the Timberwolves when they either lose games they should win, which we've seen a bunch this season, or they get absolutely annihilated like they did in this game. And that's the half-court defense breaking down and crumbling. So, with that in mind, this episode's number is 126.1, as in the 126.1 points that Denver scored per 100 possessions in the half-court in this game. Let's take a break and discuss that number a little bit more. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, as I said before the break, the Wolves gave up 126.1 points per 100 possessions in the half court tonight. And that is an enormous number. For all games, by all teams this season, that 126.1 number ranks in the 98th percentile. That's a lot of games by a lot of teams, and only 2% of those games contained worse half-court defensive efforts than this one. And that makes sense, right? Because we all sat there, and we all watched it, and it felt like Minnesota couldn't stop anything, and the Denver Nuggets couldn't miss anything in the half-court. But as much as it made sense, it's also weird. It's weird because Minnesota are an elite half-court defense. Even if it doesn't feel like they could ever be labeled that after this game, they are an elite half-court defense. Right now, even after that shit show, they are the third best half-court defense in the league. On average, they give up 95.3 points per 100 possessions in the half-court, which gives you a pretty good indication of how far off their usual effort they were in this game. And I think, almost as much as anything else, this is what defines them. Or at least it's what defines whether they're able to win or lose a game. When the Wolves are at their best, at their best, or at least at their average, they're an elite team in the half court that propels them to wins. And that's very good, obviously. But it's also crucial. So crucial that that when they have a bad night as a half-court defense, the whole thing kind of burns to the ground, just like it did in this game. In their 20 worst half-court defense performances this season, in terms of points allowed per 100 possessions, the Wolves are 5 and 15. 5 wins and 15 losses. And in their 20 best half-court defense performances of the season, in terms of points allowed per 100 possessions, they're 16 and 4, 16 wins and 4 losses. It's very rare that they are able to overcome a bad night in that area and go on to win a game. And it's very rare that a team beats them when they're on their game in that area. It's really a bellwether for this team. It's a type of thing that you can usually spot early in the game. And if it's on, then they're at least going to have a really good chance of winning that game. For the season, If a team allows 114 points per 100 possessions in the half court, that would be in the 50th percentile for all games by all teams this season. Since the beginning of January, the Wolves have only slipped under that 50th percentile mark six times. This game against Denver, the loss a few nights ago against Orlando, the comeback win against Toronto, the losses to Denver and Utah in the two games before that Toronto win, and the loss to Detroit in that really bad night that we all remember. Six times, five of them resulting in losses. The Timberwolves have only lost seven games in the new year. 
So again, it's a barometer for their success, and it's a really thin margin for error that they're walking. If the Wolves even slip to slightly below average with their half-court defense, they are overwhelmingly likely to lose. If that half-court defense has a night where it falls off a cliff, like it did here against the Nuggets, then there's, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to get pummeled. Now, I think this is a team-wide thing, obviously. Great half-court defense is played on a five-person string, and it doesn't work unless everybody is somewhat working with it. But it's also no surprise that this kind of thing happens a lot when Kyle Anderson isn't playing. Not only is slow-mo their best playmaker and their best offensive organizer, but he's integral to their half-court defense as well. Here's two numbers that I thought were interesting. The first, as I mentioned a minute ago, is that Minnesota are 5-15 and in their 20 worst half-court defensive performances this season. And the other number is that Kyle Anderson has missed or played under 15 minutes in 16 games this season. 10 of those 20 worst games of the season have come when Kyle Anderson has been out or has had to leave the game early thanks to an injury. Mainly them back spasms that he's been struggling with. It's not an every time thing. The Wolves can certainly still be bad with Kyle Anderson on the floor. And on the other side of it, they've still managed to have good or great half-court defensive performances without slow-mo. But there's a pretty large crossover there. He's kind of in the middle of that Venn diagram a lot more often than not. When he isn't playing, or when he hasn't played a lot of minutes, the Wolves often fall apart defensively, and that kind of shows itself the most in the half court. Anderson isn't really a transition defender. I mean, he's obviously very slow, and he doesn't get down the court as much as other guys do, and in general, Minnesota are just a bad transition defense. But they're a very good half-court defense, and they're much better when Kyle Anderson is out there. Again, it's just a tiny margin for error. And tiptoeing the margin for error tightrope really does epitomize what this team has been about all season in all areas. They can be brilliant or borderline unwatchable on any given night because they are so volatile in terms of roster construction, health, star players, and coaching as well. But they just need to keep trying to ride the right side of that volatility wave, if that's possible at all. I'm not sure if that even makes sense. But next up is the Utah Jazz. And if they don't have a good night as a half-court defense then odds are they're going to lose. And if they lose, they're going to start to feel the weight of the Western Conference standings bear down on them even a little bit further than it has after this game, where they drop to ninth in the standings. So I'll be here to discuss that game. I hope you'll be too.